Welcome to the Wealth Time Freedom Podcast, where we decode the psychology of money, uncover the principles of personal finance, and learn how to put them into practice. This is all about escaping the rut race so we can win the game of life. It's personal finance, but with a big old dollop of personal development. If you're looking for answers, looking for motivation, or looking for help, you're in the right place. Our mission for this channel is to help you get as far as you can on your own. And then if you want to go further and faster, we can help with that too. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Terry here. And in this series on surviving stagflation, we've been stressing the importance of cash flow. So we've talked about financial defense, but we also want to cover one of the key skill sets of financial offense, which is increasing your income. Now, Ryan's in transit at the moment. So before we dive into the mechanics of that topic together, I wanted to cover mindset. And the reason why is that this tends to be the biggest obstacle to reaching our earning potential. In this episode, you're going to discover the most important and powerful internal shift you need to make to boost your earning power. You'll also uncover the lie we tell ourselves that makes this shift impossible as long as you believe it. Now, I first recognized this lie in my own language, and I hear it a lot among people who identify with the FIRE movement, especially if the goal is to get out of the right race. But the good news is, once you spot it, you can stop it. This problem stems from the way we look at money and the way we think about work. Let's talk about money first. As you've seen in this series, there is no shortage of money. In fact, we're in this mess because there's too much of it. Listen to episode 52 if you don't know what I'm talking about. So increasing your income, it's not a problem of finding it. It's a problem of attracting it. And that's a pretty important distinction. If you view money as something to be found, you'll spend your time and talent seeking it. But if you view money as something to be earned, you'll invest your time and talent to serve. And money evades those who seek it, and it seeks those who serve. Think about the world's wealthiest people. Generally, they're the founders of the world's biggest businesses. And that means that the machines they've built solve problems for more people. Take Amazon, for example. Jeff Bezos started Amazon to solve the make it easy to find and buy a good book problem. He used new technology called the internet to figure out how to serve more people at a lower cost. Now people from all over the world could access an almost unlimited range of books without leaving the comfort of their home. And as a result, he captured a huge market share and changed the competitive landscape. And in the process, his company developed a bunch of useful skills and innovations. They built technology and systems that made logistics and supply chains much more efficient. And as they mastered this, they began applying what they'd learned to other products, electronics, sporting equipment. Now you can buy almost anything on Amazon, which means that they're serving a whole lot more people. And revenue and profit grew accordingly, but they didn't stop there. They started selling their ability to store and distribute goods quickly and cheaply to other businesses. It's a business called Fulfillment by Amazon. Now you can have Amazon store your product, take orders and fulfill them on your behalf. And this saved businesses huge amounts of time and headaches. Now they could just focus on generating demand for their products and let Amazon take care of the rest. As Amazon listed more products and became a supplier for more businesses, you can understand their need for computing power grew. So they built huge server farms. And eventually they realized they had more computing power than they needed. So they wanted to figure out a way to monetize this, which meant they figured out a way to sell it. And their innovation was the birth of what we now call cloud computing. Now, businesses didn't have to set up and maintain their own servers on site. They could just rent computing power from Amazon Web Services. Cloud computing seems pretty normal today, but back in 2006, it was a big deal. And once again, it made Amazon a lot of money. For businesses, it was now a lot faster, easier, and even more cost-effective to rent server space from Amazon than house their own servers on site. So the money that used to be spent doing that started pouring into Amazon's coffers. Today, that's billions a year, and Amazon Web Services has 30% of the market it created. 
It is one of the biggest companies on earth with sales exceeding 1.1 trillion a year. Now I tell this story because it's a great example of what I call the servant mentality. At every point, Amazon looked to use its skills and smarts to make someone's life better. And it did so by doing things better for cheaper than they'd ever been done in the past. See, when you solve someone's problem in a way that gives them either time, money, or both back, you'll have no problem increasing your income. Today, as a result of Amazon's success, Jeff Bezos as an individual is worth about $140 billion. Now, there's a famous Bible verse from Matthew 23, 11, and it says, let the greatest among you be servant of all. And to be clear, I'm not saying that Jeff Bezos is the greatest among us, but when it comes to earning power, you'd have to agree he has very few peers. And whilst the government, Hollywood, and the media want us to think of these people as selfish, it actually cannot be the case. It's true that the current monetary system does a less than stellar job of distributing wealth fairly, but that's a separate issue entirely. We're talking about increasing your income. The only way to amass wealth of this scale is to do something of service. Every dollar earned is a certificate of gratitude. And the message is always the same. I value the thing you're doing for me more so than I value the dollar in my pocket. It's all about the servant mentality. What you're earning is a reflection of who and how you're serving. And the good news is it is easy to embody. Just keep asking yourself one simple question. How can I solve others' problems in a superior way? But here's the but. Like much when it comes to money, simple doesn't mean easy. There's a harsh reality here, and it's most of us, most people do not have a servant mentality. And it's not because we're not capable, and it's not because we don't care about others. It's because we've been conditioned to believe that if you want to make more money, you have to do more work. And this is the big lie that puts a lid on our earning potential. And you can actually start to see now how the whole fire movement, it's kind of demonizes work, makes it very, very hard for you to earn more income if you think that work is a bad thing and you're trying to get away from work and using money as a way to get away from that. So whilst there are many great things about the fire movement, this is one huge huge limitation and I see it a lot, particularly in those groups. People talk a lot about making their lives smaller instead of making bigger and bigger contributions and serving more people at a higher level using their signature strengths. The idea that more money means more work literally cuts us off at the knees before we even get started. And the reason why is that this fallacy, it spawns fear. The fear that we'll have to make crazy sacrifices and push ourselves to the limit to make the kind of money that would make our lives a lot easier. Movies in the media paint pictures of the outwardly successful person who has been abandoned by those they love because they made money they got. And this fear, it sets up a false choice. And that choice is you can either earn more money or you can have harmony in your life. And as humans, we are wired to seek harmony and conserve energy. And so we'll say things like, my family's way too important to me to do what's required to earn more money. I'm not willing to compromise my health. There's more to life than work or any number of these seductive stories we tell ourselves to soothe ourselves. Trust me, I know, as I said, I recognize this language in myself in the past. But here's the thing. Earning more money does not require you to do more work. It just requires you to do better work. Now, don't get me wrong. You can do more work if you want, and many people do for a period. But if you're having to work harder as time wears on, you're doing something wrong. Think about it. If more work meant more money, then why aren't sweatshop workers the wealthiest people on the planet? Or what about the nurses and hospital workers that have been doing double shifts for the last couple of years through COVID? Why aren't they minted? It doesn't make sense, does it? So let's solve this mystery. Most of us think that more money equals more work because we think we have to be the one doing everything. 
And a big part of the reason why is that that's the way we've been educated. From day one, we've been taught that we must know everything and do everything ourselves. We are not to cooperate with others. We are to be assessed against them. So we get stuck in a mindset of comparing and competing when the way to win has always been to cooperate. The only reason we're at the top of the food chain is that we possess the gift of imagination and the ability to cooperate. Jeff Bezos did not build Amazon himself. He identified an opportunity to serve humanity and built a team and technology to make it a reality. The point is, solo is linear, groups are exponential. Solo is more work, groups are better work. It's like the African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yes, you'll do work, but aren't you working now anyway? Work is not a prison. Unfulfilling work is. How much easier and more enjoyable and meaningful would your life be if you could work the same amount of hours yet have a much bigger contribution and earn three times the amount of money as a result. See, it's less about sweat than it is about smarts. As I said, there is no shortage of money. Finding it isn't the problem, earning it is. And I'll say it again, what you're earning is a reflection of who and how you're serving. Embracing these three mindset shifts is the most reliable way to increase your earning power. First, adopt a servant mentality. See money as a consequence of serving others by solving their problems in a superior way. Look for opportunities to solve important problems in ways that give people time and or money back. If you're in business, do this for your customers. If you're employed, do this for your organization and or its customer. Number two, let go of the either or fallacy. More money doesn't have to equal more work. It just means better work. Scarcity is either or, abundance is yes and. Bezos isn't working 116 billion times harder than the person who's earning nothing. He's actually not even working at all anymore. Those two things are inversely correlated. The more money you have, the easier life is becoming. It's less work. Number three, find talent and turn it into team. It's hard to do better work alone. It is easier, more meaningful, and more lucrative to do it with others. Look around you and identify those people with the skills, qualities, and character who can help you do better work. Recruit them to your cause and reward them for their contribution. Now, this might mean if you're in business that you're trying to find the right people to help you. Or if you're an employee, you're actually trying to build the right allies in your organization to work on important projects and make sure that you're actually pushing things forward. If you can make these three mindset shifts, you will be less prone to wasting your time seeking money. And that means you're going to have more time and focus to figure out ways to earn and enjoy it. All right, so that's it for this episode. And I know that's a lot shorter than what you're used to. But I just wanted to get something out to you because we are getting a lot of messages for people saying you guys need to be publishing more and more often. <laughs> we are doing our level best and we are putting measures in place to make sure that's the case. So keep an eye out for that. You should see things starting to step up as we go. But before you go, I would love to know what you thought of this episode. Tell me whether you enjoyed the more one-to-one format where it's more of a just a, a clear message. There's not a back and forth discussion. Whether it's you like the shorter, sharper and the combination of those two things, whether it worked for you. Just shoot me an email on terry at cashflowco.com.au or send us a DM on Instagram at cashflowco or if in the community, just hit me up there as well, either direct message or shoot a post. We'd love to know what you guys think. Hey, before you take off, I'd love to ask you something. Are you getting value from our content? If you are and you love to show us your appreciation, there are three simple ways you can do it. Number one, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Number two, rate and review. And number three, share this episode with someone you know who'll get value from it. Now, these might feel like small gestures for you, but they're actually big levers for us. By doing this, you'll allow us to continue bringing you world-class guests, create more content that's relevant for you, and reach more legends just like you. So if you're the kind of person who loves to give value for value, just choose one or all of those actions. 
subscribe, rate and review, or share this episode. Many thanks in advance.